Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. everybody hello and welcome to this week's episode of got your ears on guido here along with scoop boom goes the and cloney what the what <laughs> what the what is right johnson out this week unable to do the show we miss you jay he's, he's on, on assignment, assignment. He's, he's, he's on assignment, assignment. i've always wanted to say he's, he's, he's on assignment. assignment he's in the field what assignment, what assignment is he on that's the i don't question. know i, just, I yeah. don't know I mean, do we have assignments yet? I don't think we have that yet. So anyways, uh, Cloney filling in for Johnson this week. Cloney, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your weekend to, to join our show. I appreciate it. In fairness, I was napping when Scoot reached out, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> Call from the bullpen and woke up Cloney to, uh, to jump on the show. But uh, Cloney... We've so Cloney is a relatively new WVU fan. He's he's a WVU fan by association now because he hangs out with us so much that he has become this like WVU aficionado and watches the game. So he'll be able to give a give a little bit of input well, this week. Right? And Scoot? as our paid intern, he is yes. required to watch all WVU uh, events on television, live stream, or whatever means he can. I think the only thing that they got wrong there is it's unpaid, unpaid intern, paid in sandwiches, paid in sandwiches, paid in sandwiches, right? Cheese and pimento sandwich, whatever that is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was promised. I was promised a sandwich. I was uh, guaranteed at least that much. Not sure if I like it, but we'll find out in late December. We'll find out. So, uh, guys, um, just to kind of recap, because uh, I guess we do have to talk about WVU football. Um, I've decided I hate football, Scooty. I just despise it. It's not fun for me anymore. Well, uh, again, I I think until it's it's frustrating because I think everybody in America now it's it's actually gone beyond just WVU fans. Everybody in America sees what we see and right. that's what makes it the most frustrating thing because you're even hearing announcers you know these are national national based announcers making comments like uh that are pretty positive toward garrett green and then almost they're bewildered as to why we don't go back to garrett green more so i i don't know it's it's um it is frustrating and i think for me the most frustrating thing is i feel like there are a couple of easy maybe not full full, full uh, maybe not full blown solutions but some easy changes that could be made that could help our situation well and i i, I agree with you and and here's here's where i'm at and we saw a lot of it on twitter the last whatever 48 24 48 hours which is you know people are starting to call for neil brown's head and we're talking about like hot seat sort of topic with the head coach and I think it's all a little premature. Like, I think there are problems. I think there are definitely coaching problems. I think there are personnel problems. But I think that this is the point where, as a as a fan base, as a university, we've got to stop and take a look and go, you know, hey, let's see. Okay, there are problems. Let's see if this guy can fix these problems now. Like, he's he's trudged along for the last two years with what he had and now he's facing problems and i'm anxious to see like does neil brown make a turn at this point and cloney as as sort of like a new wvu fan you know you're just new in the neil brown era like do you think after three years two not even three years two full years both of which or one of which had covid in it and now like is a coach like this on a hot seat after or two and four start. Well, I think anytime you lose and 
at this level, you start to wonder, like, what's going to happen? What changes are they going to make for next week? And I just don't see any consistency. The quarterback play is all over the place. Uh, Garrett Green, I mean, he's popular pick, and I, I like. I would like to see him do more stuff. But with uh, the QB play, that's just it, he seems to be married to Deggie as the QB. And what's you know what's the next step? What are they going to do to to win the next game? To win the next series? Like I don't I don't see. I have no confidence in in what he's going to do to bring them out of this kind of spiral that they're in. Now, Cloney, let me ask you a question. Cloney is our, uh, besides being our intern, our, our cheese and pimento sandwich eating intern, <laughs> he is also a uh, former college football player, maybe not at uh, the Division One level, but he did play some college football. Cloney, when, when you played, um, would you say that, I think it's, the position coaches are a lot closer to to the players than than maybe the head coach or even a coordinator, right? So, um, when you played though, did your head coach have a, a strong relationship with the skill position players or, or certain certain players on the team? Well, it, it's the way we played it. I mean, I think a lot of the programs do. Is like your position coach spends pretty much the entire practice with you as you break out into like your individual sessions for. The majority of the practice and then you come together and the head coach at least my head coach in college would always stay with the quarterbacks because the quarterback center receivers like they were they would always run their drills and then they'd bring the whole team together to run the team drills or team sessions so the quarterback and like the head coach were always together um i also played for a coach who was a legendary coach in division three but we ran a 1960s veer offense which was like pretty much it was veer right veer left and we had a lot of good players, and it was it was hard to stop. Um, but we were consistent with it. And I think, well, Neil Brown, I, mean, I think he's married to the, the QB, it seems like. And it's just – and he probably has the closest relationship to the QB versus, you know, the rest of the team. Um, but the coach still has to, you know, oversee everything. But, um, yeah, it just seems like – I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, and I and I think that's that is definitely the issue is is where do they go? Where does the team go from here, Scooty? Well, I, that's a good question. I, well, right now we're going to go to a bye week. That's where we're going to go. Right. Um, which that's is, the which biggest is, win actually, right there. Yeah, maybe uh, we don't have to worry about losing next Saturday. But we're not going to win either. <laughs> no, that's true. We are going to win, but we aren't going to lose. Where should they go, or where will we go? Which which well, would you like to hear first? I mean, I, where should they go and where will they go? I think are going to be two completely different things because I think we're all at a point. I mean, there's no WVU fan right now that has any confidence that we're going to win any more but one game this season. I think. Well, like I if agree. we keep on the track that we're on, there's not a team in the Big Twelve other than Kansas, which is like playing no offense, Cloney, a Division three school. Like, there's no team other than Kansas that that will be able to beat this season. That team yesterday, that team that showed up against Baylor, that well, team's not beating any other team in, in, in the Big 12. Okay, so here... Can that team uh, beat Kansas that showed up? That team could beat Kansas. I think that team could beat Kansas because I think Kansas is that bad. That program is in that much of disarray and turmoil that I'm actually not concerned about that game. But listen, all hopes... And I don't... I, I came into this season... You, you know, you guys all listen to this show. You know. Like, I came into this season... I was like, eight wins. I followed the hype from the coaches. I thought, like, all the press, all the media... I'm like, this team is going to turn it around this year. I, we're not playing in a bowl game, folks. Like, we're not getting to a bowl game. Like, it's not happening. And so... 
now you're you're in a situation where I don't even know what I, I'm at a point, Scooty, where I don't even know what I think is good now. Like, what will I be happy with? Well, here are some quick fixes. Will they happen? I don't I don't know. But here are my two or three quick fixes to kind of right this ship okay. to make us competitive. Maybe not so much win games, but to make us competitive and at least keep uh, some excitement about it. Okay, first thing I would do is obviously what everyone's been clamoring for. I would move Deggy away from the center and maybe I don't know, on the sideline and then bring in Garrett Green. Or if you're not going to bring in Garrett Green, maybe Goose Crowder. But we got to try something different. Will it happen? I don't know. Do you really believe and think about this before you answer. Do you really believe that this team is any different with Garrett Green behind center? Like, do you think we're winning games? Well, so here's what, okay. So I think our, our biggest problem right now, and it sounds strange, is our run game. Okay. Our biggest problem for me is our run game because it's non-existent. We have a, we have a, well, I would think is probably one of the premier running backs in the Big 12. And he can't run more than 50 yards a game. He right. Had 44, you right. Know, Letty Brown, again, another game, sub 75 yards, you know. So how do we, how do we help him? We have a, a porous offensive line right now. So how do Very we help much. him? We put a mobile person back at quarterback who could potentially run as well and take some of the heat off of Letty Brown because – uh, if De uh, Deggy is in the game and he hands off, it's going to 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 Letty Brown, and they're going to be able to stop him. So I I run Garrett Green out there, and then I mix it up as far as the the RPO business. I also let Garrett Green throw the ball. That would be a nice touch. I go back to using Bryce Ford Wheaton, who came out of witness protection this past week. Yeah. Um, and then. The other thing is I tighten up that secondary as best I can because I think la uh, yesterday against uh, Baylor was the first time that actually somebody tried to throw against our secondary, and it it showed some of those weak spots. So, Cloney, let me ask you a question, and th this is more for somebody who, again, has played you know college-level football, which Scooty and I haven't. How hard is it to midseason change your offense, your offensive scheme? Because I feel like right now, looking at this team, looking at the weak offensive line, to say, hey, if you bring in Garrett Green and you start running more of an option offense, does that open things up a little bit more for you? You know, thinking that a quarterback pitching it to, to Letty, you know, more option style play, does that does that change? this team's ability to at least get down the field and score more, you know, points. Uh, but I, they'd have to completely reconfigure their offense midseason. Yeah, that, that that there is pretty much near impossible uh, because they play two different style of games. But at least, at least they have been playing green, so they have those packages in there. But it's not going to be the whole offense. He can't throw the ball like Daigie can. So he's not going to just get back there in the shotgun and run – you know, that, that pass-heavy offense, he's going to have to run more. But with the option offense, it does trim it down a lot where because he can run and make plays and they have Letty Brown, they don't need to have, you know, this huge pass package in there. They can utilize his skill set and still make plays. But the other downside of that is the defense also knows that, is that instead of playing more back with the safeties, they can creep up a little bit, take away the run game. So now you're limiting... Letty Brown's ability, which he hasn't been doing a whole bunch, uh, 
now you have more people in the box for Green to deal with. So they do, if if Tiggy could throw the ball, if he can be more consistent with it, then Green becomes more explosive, more of a weapon. But when you're making him the focal point of the offense, which he isn't going to have the full playbook, he's going to have his trimmed down version of of the run and pass game. The defense knows that too, and they can they can take that out. But he's got to make those plays and. He's got to have more of an opportunity to do that. Hey, Clone, let me ask you this question. I'll, this is for both of you guys. Okay, so we go into the second half of uh, the Baylor game. We're down considerable amounts of points, and yep. we still keep running Jarrett Dagey out. At what point do you think Garrett Green starts to wonder, hey, man, why did they bring me here? If we're struggling and – I've, I'm seeing some time in, but you would think, okay, we're down. Might as well try to utilize me some. And he come, when he comes in, he comes in with a spark. Like he, he has like a, a, an X factor that Jared Dagey does not have. On the best day, he, if he wants to be QB1, like he's saying that first snap of the season. Like he, if he believes he's the best option, he, that's, that's what you want is you want that anyone that second string, you want them having that mentality that they can step in and be the better performer. Right. But I think, I think the, the challenge that we have here is there's something about green that the coaching staff doesn't like. That's, that's what I can't figure out is there's something that green is doing in practices. If it's passing, if it's the understanding of the passing game, I don't know what it is, but there's something that they don't like about him, but we've spent all of this time, you know, in all of our episodes talking about these two quarterbacks, and I don't think either of them fixes the problem, Scooty. That's what I'm trying to get to. No, I agree. I I think it's a coaching issue. I think too. it's a coaching issue. This yeah. is a co- this has become a coaching issue. And I, I'll tell you the thing that made me the most upset, and I think it made a lot of WVU fans upset. And I even heard uh, um, Brad Howe, who, you know, Brad Howe is, a, it, you know, he used to work for the school. He's sort of, if you listen to the podcast that he's on, he's a WVU apologist. You know, he's he's all about, oh, you know, WVU's, it's the right, we're on the right path, trust the climb. He's a trust the climb guy. But even Brad Howe in the post game, uh, you know, show that I listened to on AJR was talking about how I can't believe how unapologetic Brown was at the end of the game. Like, in his post-game press conference, there was no, I'm sorry for how bad we played. I'm sorry to the fans that we're not playing better. I'm sorry to the fans that we're not improving. There was there was none of that. There was a lot of, we played bad football. We struggled, you know, we struggled. We had problems. We weren't in it, you know. But there was no, hey, WVU fans, I'm sorry that I didn't have the team prepared. And that's what it comes down to, Scooty. I mean, and I, I – listen – we bought into, and you may not have, Scooty didn't buy into, but the rest of us, a lot of us, bought into the fact that, you know, WVU was improved this year. Daggy, most improved player. Offensive line is amazing for a bunch of young guys. And then we, it, it, they're not. We get into the season. That right side of the offensive line got beat up bad. Bad. Really bad. And I know Wyatt Milan was out and. Doug Nestor struggled. Doug Nestor Doug struggled. Doug Nestor struggled, like, you know. The defense, I, there again, I felt like it was another game, Scooty, where we went into it, coaching-wise, we went into it not prepared. Yeah, offensively, for sure. Now, defensively, I feel like I, I do have some faith in, in the defense. I do have some faith in Jordan Leslie. I think that uh, I, I think that Jordan Leslie is a good guy and a, and a, and a decent coach. Uh, the defensive line is typically pretty good. 
Um, where we saw the struggle, though, initially, of course, the second play of the game, we get torched for a big pass play. It, the secondary looked really rough. Yes, yes. And and the sad thing is I had talked them up in the previous week's show with Jackie Matthews and Daryl Porter Jr. Here I am I talking think, them up, and they were kind of non-existent. I think Tyquan Thornton is still catching footballs out there. Like, I mean, I, I will say this, uh, you know, Bohannon – threw for 336 yards but he is he is Baylor's version of Austin Kendall like those passes scoots were floats my goats like he was floating those passes but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you can float passes when guys are 10 yards off of you in coverage like it's it was ridiculous right yeah we I think I'm speaking on behalf of Mountaineer Nation here I think we're frustrated because, like you said, we were led to believe something. You can, you can kind of lead West Virginians and, and kind of build them up and pump them up, but once they realize, okay, maybe you weren't telling us the whole truth, and now you're just starting to make us look really bad by letting us believe that you were telling us the truth. That's a tight. Like Neil Brown is on a on tightrope. I don't think he's. I'm not ready for him to to be let go per se or or move on from him per se, but he definitely has to make some changes. He has to. Yeah, there has there has to be a man called. And like you he said, has to, he has to yeah. be humble, right? He has to yeah, own right. to some of these issues. He has to say, you know what? If offensive play calling is too much for me to do, I need to let Jared Parker or maybe not Jared Parker, maybe somebody else bring you know this. Maybe Chad Scott or is it Chad Scott, the running backs coach? maybe let somebody else do the play calling or if he has been, that's the other thing we don't really know. Right. So we don't know. Um, in the past, I think Holgerson at one point did like everything, but before that, before the, uh, red zone and then Spavital did the red zone or vice versa. And vice we knew versa, that it was kind of transparent. We knew what was going on. Uh, and Dana was unpleased with most of everything because he would rip his headset off and fluff his hair. Now, <laughs> With Neil Brown, we don't know. Like we don't, he hasn't really been forthcoming with what part of the offensive coordinating duties he does, and what does Jared Parker do? Is Jared Parker simply a, you know, before Saturdays come up with some schemes and some scripts, and then it's pretty much Neil Brown making those decisions, or is it vice versa? I don't know. We don't know. So that needs to change. Also, and I've heard a lot of people wanting something different with our offensive line. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about offensive line coaching to know that that's the issue. I don't think anything's there. I think that I think the I think the offensive line problem is youth, and I think in two years we'll be year maybe next year we'll be happy with our offensive line. I think Scooty that you know what I keep coming back to, and what I think this weekend really opened our eyes to is that there has been a and and maybe it's not a regression. Maybe it's everybody else is improving. Like when you play college football. Cloney, like week one's tough. Week two, you get a little better. Week three, you start to hit your you start to hit your stride. Maybe week four, week five. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. I mean, you got to build every week. I mean, you only especially with the, at the college level, it's not like you have unlimited practices. I think it's you know twenty hours per week you can practice. So every week you have to get better. Like you have those kind of pushover games in the beginning, but every week you you should be building towards you know your, your ultimate goal and, and every week should be you know better than than the last but a lot of these issues with the Baylor game that I saw you talk about a young offensive line there were some 
instances where Baylor's running in without being touched. You know, and then that's that's on the offensive line. That's on the running backs for not picking up some of the blitzers coming in. Uh, the safeties, like there's was a one touchdown where the guy's wide open in the end zone. Um, it's just you have to like that stuff. You that this late in the season, it's not like they did a radical different game plan. Is that you shouldn't have blown coverages like that. You shouldn't have people running free. You know, ten yards from the ne- the nearest person, just running across the middle, like that stuff that you shouldn't see this late in the season. Like the players, they may be young, but they, this is stuff that they should be cleaning up by, at this point in the season. And it's troubling that that they're not. And a lot of that is, it's on the players if they're young, but the coaching too is like those missed assignments. It shouldn't be that bad. Like you shouldn't be down that much to Baylor. You know, right in the beginning of the game, like the first quarter. You know, that, that was were they down twenty one points. You know, right away. So it's like you can't like you can't come out like digging that much of a hole. It's near impossible to to fight back. Do you guys feel? And I and I obviously I don't know. We're not at practice. So we don't. We're we're not that close to the team. But perception wise, do you guys feel like because WVU came into this game two and three, our three losses were close losses. Right. Right. Do you feel like they believed, hey, we're making progress. We're real close. We're we're right there on the on the cusp of being, you know, five and zero, four and one. You know, a couple plays go here or there. We're we're right there. Do you feel like they kind of thought to themselves, you know what? Let's keep doing what we're doing because it's working. We're just real close, and, and maybe that was like fool's gold, right? Maybe it really wasn't enough. I can't I can't imagine Scooty that the coaching staff, let alone the players, but the coaching staff is looking at the game tape, is watching the same things we're watching and thinking that. Like you could also argue it on the other end. I mean, we're we were a breath away. We were a Jackie Matthews dive away from being, you know, one and four, one and five. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't I, I think that if and I think building off of what Cloney said, like I think if you're not as a coaching staff looking at every week's game and saying, "Here are the 15 things we did wrong. We got to make them better next week," you know, even if it's a win, even in the LIU game, like that video room should have been full of, "Hey, here's the things we did wrong in the LIU game that we won 60 to nothing or whatever." Like, I it. it it comes down to me to the fact that I feel like preparation is really bad this year, and I and I don't know where that stems from because I didn't feel that way in previous well, years. For me, everything kind of I was glass half full until the bowl game, and and something for me changed in that bowl game, and I don't really know what it is. Um, but since the bowl game, when we made that switch to Austin Kendall, which seemingly at the time seemed like a better idea because Jarrett Deggy was struggling immensely. And I think maybe more frustrating to me is we still see Jarrett Deggy. And I think, I think struggling America thinks struggling Neil Brown thinks doing great. And that's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's looking at stats. We're looking with our eyes and we're seeing why is he holding on to this ball so long? Why didn't he throw the ball out of bounds? Why, you know, all of these things that, you know, we're we're kind of second guessing what Jared Deggy is doing, and and we feel like I feel like Neil Brown is, I don't know, un, uh, unapologetic to what's going on. He, he's kind of like, well, uh, he he's got good stats. Well, it probably comes down to he believes that Deggy gives him the best chance to win. You know, they these offensive coordinators, these coaches, they they run a style of offense 
their preferred style, and he probably believes that Daigie gives him that best option to run the full offense they want to run. It may not I think, be executed, but then maybe that's what he's thinking. I think my concern at this point is is that Neil Brown, as great as of a guy that he is. <laughs> is that I'm, your disclaimer? Is that my – He no, might be a great I guy. Think that I think he's a great he's guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I think that he has lost now in these first five, six games of the season. Like he has lost now so many people, so many fans that were in his corner you know, a month and a half ago at the beginning of the season, Scooty, that aren't in his corner anymore. Listen, it's it's to this point now. Like It's rough. You're, you're, you've thrown out this slogan, right? You've thrown out this slogan. We're, we're trusting you. We're going along with you. But okay, what? How long are we supposed to trust you now? Like we see some easy fixes, you're not going to do them, but we got to trust you. We got to go blind with you and say, okay, well, well, and I think that we would be as fans. I think we would be more uh, accepting of losses. Like let's just for argument's sake say Garrett Green came out yesterday and played the whole game, and Jared Deggy didn't catch a snap. And we still lost the same. I think we would be more accepting because we'd hey, be we're like, trying "Hey, out green. We're trying, we're trying to, yeah. something new, right? Yeah, 100%. we're trying to make a change. Yes, you know. And I think that what we're seeing well, now is, is throw him out there, prove us wrong. That's yeah. how it is. like prove me wrong. You think he's because you're not the going op- to a bowl game now. Right. You're not winning the Big Twelve. You think like, he's that's not all the out. answer? Run him out there and show us he's not. Show us why he's not the answer. But if he starts to make plays. You're going to have people saying like, hey, man, what were you doing? Why were we messing around in the first place? But like that's what I, that's what's frustrating. I, I will I will gladly not gladly. I guess I shouldn't say gladly. I don't know that I would gladly lose, but I would like you said, be more comfortable losing, trying something different, because like I've seen people on Twitter going crazy about insanity is doing the same thing, and expecting different results. Well, that's what we're doing right now. We're trotting out the same stuff. And here's the thing maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm short-sighted. Neil Brown, I feel like he was the next big coach, right? He was kind of that that small group of coaches when we hired him of, hey, you need to get this guy or go after this guy because he's going to be one of those next-level type coaches. But to be honest, I don't really know what he was known for at at Troy. Well, it was like, you know, when he – it was like what were the – the two big names that year were him and Luke Fickle, Right. right? Like those were the two big grabs that year, and we got one since he got the other one. Since he's doing substantially better than we are right now, um, I think that you know, I don't want to throw Neil Brown out with the bathwater, for, for lack of a better term. Like, so what does that mean exactly? I don't you know. And I, Neil I, I, are you throw in the bathwater bath out and together, he's in, and he's in the bathwater. Are like, you bathing the, Neil Brown? The yeah, I don't know, maybe <laughs> that's weird. It's Things are getting time. a little weird around here. I think that, it, you know, I think there are good qualities. I think that he he's a great recruiter, and we, we see what's coming down he's the pipeline. He's a good guy. He seems like a genuinely good guy. I just, I'm not, I and this is where I feel like at the end of the year, you have to, Shane Lyons, you know, has to come to him and say, listen, coach, we love you. We're in on you. This is style this coaching staff you calling the offense whatever it is is not working it's not working and 
Yes, the cupboard was bare when you got the team, and we understand that. I mean, I sent you guys the article from West Virginia Metro News about the whole how many NFL players each coach has inherited, and Neil Brown's inherited one in his first two years, and I, I get all of that. Like, the cupboard was bare. Dana left you with a lot to have to fix, you know, and you had to bring in the Austin Kendalls and the, and the Jarrett Daggies, and you had to bring in these transfers to be able to field a team that was at least somewhat competitive. But we're in year three, and the the direction that we're heading is not the right direction. And you can't tell me, like, we can't finish this year and say, oh, next year is going to be better because there's nothing out there right now that makes next year look better, Scooty. No, and and we're not at this point yet, I don't think, but – do we do we risk losing some of these non-signed commits to things if they feel like, hey, what's going on here? Like, or and I know there's the other side of some of these guys that are that have been recruited are like, hey, I can be the fix, I can be the the answer to the problems. Which, and I'm sure that's what the coaching staff is saying to them, right? But you got to think there's probably some other coaches out there who. Maybe they were the number two or three school on that kid's list saying, hey, are you sure you're still wanting to, to go to that? It sounds like it's a mess. Sounds like they can't figure out what's going on on offense. Like that's – yeah, you're going to have some some back channel, you know, oh, yeah. anti-recruiting going on. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's going on every school, every yeah. recruit. You know, they're trying to get the best players. But that, I think the point is, like, if year three, like – this is when that coaching, that recruiting should start making an impact is, is getting those. Cause now you have to also compete with the transfer portal is that the other, the bigger schools bigger than West Virginia can now go through and try to pluck away players from offense, defense, you know, Alabama, they win recruiting. They also win the transfer portal too, is they can fill any holes right. in both sides of the balls and make up for those recruiting mistakes. And in West Virginia and you know, other schools in the big 12 probably outside of texas and oklahoma is they're not going to be able to go to a bigger program and pull players away pull, pull starters away to make their right. program better so they they have to hit the first time on the recruiting and that's getting those skill position players that's going to be tough getting that quarterback if any college team they, they're not going to go anywhere without a consistent reliable uh, game-changing quarterback and that's that's where, you know who's going to be that in the next few years for West Virginia to take them to that next level Scooty I can't tell you how much it just it's it's painful me painful for me right now that we're thinking about next season already like we're we're done with this season like we're sitting here talking well, about recruiting and transfer portal we're done with this season here's the here's the other issue too it's right it's not a good sign so by going to a bowl game you often get that extra month or so of practice, month and a half of practice, and it's it's getting ready for a game practice, right? It's not just like going out and doing some strength and conditioning kind of stuff or or some light uh, pass and receiving kind of stuff. It's like legit practices. We're not going to have the benefit of that, and and that's no. a that's going to be a concern because that's a another way you can continue to grow, and then you can also put a positive spin on a so-so season by winning that bowl game, right? So if if we're not going to make a bowl game, that's going to make it uh, a little bit tougher 
you know so I, I don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens i mean it's it's rough guys I, i'm i i look at i look at the rest of the schedule and we talked about it last week uh pull from your list of uh preseason predictions which is over your shoulder there for those of you watching the the zoom uh, and can you uh, please go down and let us know how we're doing? Uh, I mean, Scooty is he, he, Scooty is like the oracle right now on our preseason predictions. I will say, like Scoot, you've nailed this a hundred percent. Now I want to ask you. So you you picked Texas Tech as a loss. You pick you've got it perfect right now. Like Scooty has picked WVU season perfect right now. The two wins Scooty had was against LIU and Virginia Tech. Uh, he had us losing the last three games, which we've lost. I will say this, Scooty, you had WVU winning in Fort Worth against TCU in two weeks. Where are you on? Are you are you on that still? Are you? St- I am going to stay on it. You know why? I mean, you're not allowed to change it. You got to live with what you picked at the beginning of the season. No, but. I'm going to stay on it. I I am hoping that the bye week gives the coaching staff some clarity. And we we've got a little extra time to kind of plan, and and maybe we squeak one out. I'm hoping for like a 17-14 squeaker. I mean, Scooter, you had you had for the rest of the season from this point on, you had three more wins. You had us beating TCU, K State, and Kansas. And uh, I I mean I don't even I I hope you're right. That's I guess I'm at the point where I guess I hope that Scooty's right with three more wins. And we finish five and seven. I'm not even sure that's possible. Uh, if if we can squeak out those three, what happens if I go perfect, Cloney? Tell tell it, him what happens. I mean, what happens if you go? I mean, we have to hear about it for the next uh, year, and we have to wonder why we didn't put some money on it. <laughs> that's exactly well, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what happens next: the following year, there's going to be a lot of pressure on me. Is what will happen. I mean, and and people are going to be like hounding me. For my predictions. They will. You will be, I mean, you will be the next, like, where maybe like you get on VSIN or one of Listen, those uh, networks, you know, doing your, your predictions. You're going to find, you're going to find me driving over to Morgantown for the next 14 days with a bullhorn yelling things <laughs> from the parking lot to the coaching staff and the players as to what they need to be doing so that I can get this win next week or two weeks from now. I mean, win for Scoot. <laughs> It's it's a tough one, guys. So WVU travels to Fort Worth uh, in two weeks. They play TCU on the twenty third. Uh, still a TBA on the game time on that. Should be out in the next day or two. Um, I I'm not sure what happens. Like this is a tough two weeks. This is not a good two weeks for the players. It's not a good two weeks for the coaching staff. There's going to be a lot of talk. There's going to be a lot of shows like ours that are going to be very hard on Neil Brown and the rest of the coaching staff. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hey, I will say this: there is a positive, Guido. Can we? Can we? I, I'm gl- I'm glad. Listen, this is two weeks in a row, Scooty, where you have pulled out the positive. Like I'm not even at the point where I'm looking at the stats to try to find the positives. Dante looked okay, but whatever. Are you ready for the positive? Maybe it's a scary positive. What's, what's the scary positive? Casey Leg. Casey Leg. Casey Leg is the positive. Casey Leg didn't play organized football until college. This is true. And he has yet to miss a field goal. Does that sound correct? I believe that's true. That is correct. That is correct. He is perfect for this season right now. Ten for ten. And I he's believe. gotten quite a yeah. He's gotten quite a bit of opportunities to uh, to kick a field so, goal. So uh, there is some positive there in the and and the return game is still pretty solid. There was a couple of times where Winston Wright was able to get a decent return. And I think you know, like you said, I think they like. This was the first team that we played defensively that 
really kind of took the deep pass you know a lot of times and it and it really we saw the weakness there we saw the secondary finally look weak and I think Dante still looked good. I mean, Josh Chandler Shamato still looking great out there. Um, and, you know, was in and on a lot of plays. You know, Dante got, you know, a, a, a couple of tackles and a great sack in Akeem there. Akeem Messador's uh, been quiet lately. I haven't heard yeah, his Akeem name. Yeah, Messador has been quiet. Uh, Jordan Jefferson, though, got a sack this week. So that good for him. Uh, I think that there's, there's still quality. I'm with you. I, I, don't, I also feel like Scoot, and this is bad to say. I feel like Neil Brown doesn't really have his hand in the defense. No. I feel like Jordan Leslie is kind of running the show there. And, you know, I I will say this, and I've heard this in a couple of different places, actually. You know, there needs to be somebody on the coaching staff that that steps up, that that takes these guys, that's the dad, and kind of says, hey, we need to to buckle down. We need to play. And to be honest with you, I think one of those guys is, and it's a guy who's been with the with the team for a long time, is a guy like Mike Joseph. Mike Joseph has been with the team, you know, as as the the strength and, and, and conditioning guy for I don't know how long, like three, four coaches Ooh, now since Barwis. So since Rich Rod, almost, yeah, yeah, since Rich Rod, since Barwis left. So I think somebody like you know Mike Joseph needs to step up, tell these guys like, hey, what do you what are we doing here, like? If if there's anybody that's going to motivate those guys, I think at this point it's it's not going to be Coach Brown. It may not be your position coach. It may be somebody like Mike Joseph, who probably is closer to some of these guys than those coaches are in some instances. Clone, what do you what do you know about uh, about uh, strength and conditioning coaches? How about with you in college? Were you were they all over you guys? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a big part of it. Is you have to you have to make sure you're doing work inside and outside of practice. So they they play a big role. But I but with but that's that's more getting the players ready. I don't I don't think they're physically not ready. It just seems like there's it's more of a coaching, you know, on field coaching that that's the issue. I think they're they're capable. They're you know their strength and conditioning seems there. It's just that they're they're not playing up to the the, the level that they should be playing. Well, it's more of like a motivation factor. You know, it's more of like a get these guys pumped and ready for the game. And I just feel like we've come out now. I mean, we've definitely been flat for the last two weeks. And I, I, I don't care what anybody says. Like the, the, all day long, I feel like the coaching staff will put the blame on the players for that. Oh, they came out flat. They weren't. They weren't amped up. That's coaching. That it's all. It all comes from the head coach. The head coach sets the tone of the entire program, and that's coaching the the coaches too. The coaches and the the, the position coaches are going to have the biggest impact over the individual players. But it starts from the top. The head coach has to set the tone. Like that's. You know, they take the responsibility for the wins and losses, but they also set the tone for the entire program. And I don't see that, you know, I don't see that tone being set. You don't see that all phases of the game, that, you know, that tone is out there and that intensity is every week they're bringing it. Man. And I think, Scooty, I think, Scooty, that's where, and I agree. Like, I think that's where, like, you think of a guy like Rich Rod, who you never felt was like a nice guy, right? right? And even Dana to some extent, but like, Rich Rod was always yelling. He was always amped. He was always you know, in these kids' faces. Yes. Maybe there is something to say for a guy like Neil Brown being too nice. Yeah. Too much maybe. of a folksy too like, you know We've not really seen that side of him. This angry side, like the the bad cop. Right. You know, like I like, like I love Stu Bill Stewart. Was, yeah, Stu was the good cop. Yeah. He's a good cop. And that's why I think as a head coach it was tough for him because he always wanted to be a good cop. He always wanted to be a come on lads kind of guy. 
and well, she did say lads like like it was did, some sort of weird like he had some sort of weird uh <laughs> scottish link to like come on laddies but you know i i think that i i don't know i just feel like every week i'm looking at it and like we can sit here and we can talk about daggy and green we can sit here and talk about the offensive line or whatever it might be we can sit here and talk about you know all of the problems that we see on the field but it's all preparation. It's all things that I think should be handled from a coaching side, from a, you know, a, a leadership side and not, you know, things that are day in, day out playing things. And I think that's what's frustrating for because it's not like we're looking at a much different team from last year. Yeah, you lose guys, you gain guys. That's college football. I think that Coach Brown somewhere along the line has dropped the ball on getting this team motivated to play these games to win these games so i guess you know we focus on these two weeks off we've got basketball coming up so that's always a positive and we you know do our best to see what we can do to to keep moving on i mean it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough rest of the season folks I, I don't know what else to tell you but you know buckle up for those of you that are still downloading and listening to podcasts about WVU sports because you love WVU. I mean, I will be, I'll admit this, Scooty. I got up this morning. I put on my WVU hat. I put on my WVU t-shirt, made breakfast for my wife. The world still turned like everything was still good. I still love WVU. I'm not selling my WVU paraphernalia or you know, I still want to go to games. The craziest thing about this whole story right now is that you made breakfast for your wife. Listen, I make breakfast all the time for my wife. I mean, I'm a loving husband. What, what did you What did you make? Made uh, made you know a little breakfast sandwich with a little egg and bacon, some uh, some potatoes, some hash brown potatoes. I mean, you know, that's what we do. But it sounds delicious. But I, it sounds <laughs> it was delicious. But anyway, I just feel like it's it's. It, you know, and I don't even want to start talking basketball season with you, Scooty, because I feel like you're gonna bring me down on that too. But I just feel like I I feel like this is a this is the first time in a long time I've looked at WVU and I'm like, yep, this is a coaching problem. This is a Neil Brown. This is a leadership coaching problem. Well, here's here's the thing: we've got to see a change. We've got to see some some change. Please do so. He said everything's on the table. Well, don't just don't just float do that it. out there. Make sure you do follow it. up with some kind of something different. Please. Yeah. Like you know, if there's some, if everything's on the table, then I, I don't hope think we Letty Brown's a else. problem. But change that up, then I guess you know, just some kind of change. I mean, something's yeah, a problem. Put Letty yeah, Brown right. at a wide receiver or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, it's it's a rough it's a rough uh, it's a rough time, guys. So, well, listen, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido here along with Scoot and Cloney. 
And uh, guys, don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on. And listen, Scooty, people, we're still looking for people to be involved with us, right? We love people. Yes. And people if, love Scooty. Uh, they do. And we would love to help promote your product or your service or your business. So if you have one of those three things and you are looking for uh, an avenue to advertise one of those three things, reach out to us, send us a uh, slide into our DMs, as the kids say. Um, as the kids say. Uh, reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, text us. Our number to text us is what, Guido? 304-518-GYEO. You could even call us and leave us a voicemail. We answer all of these these modes and mediums, and we would love to help you help yourself. And, 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 and Scoot, like, am I right in saying that we have thousands of, can I just say we have thousands of downloads a month? That's correct. We do. We um, we are continuously growing. Uh, we have actually doubled our downloads a month here within the last, I'd say, three or four months. We are now double what we once were. I'm a little nervous this week. I mean, I think it might even triple with the fact that Cloney's on this week. I mean, Cloney does bring the milkshakes to the yard. <laughs> So anyways, hit us up. We'd love to have you as a part of the show. You can even uh, sponsor a segment or whatever. Just give us a call, 304-518-GYEO, or hit us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Got Your Ears. Hey, uh, Scoot, we were going to do Bluff the Fluffs this week. Johnson, uh, he's on the shelf. He's not in. We called in a pinch hitter for us this week, Cloney. So uh, what are we What are we going to do here? Uh, what do you well, got? Well, I thought it would be interesting, uh, Guido, you being the native West Virginian, Correct. Uh, I am now a I am a driver's license holding West Virginian, so I am currently yes. a West Virginia resident. I've been here uh, full time since 2003, on and off since 1997. Uh, there are some terms, Cloney, that you might hear in passing when you live in West Virginia, and uh, you don't hear them very often outside of the West Virginia, Appalachia. Uh, local area and i thought it would be interesting to see what you know about west virginia talk oh, oh, this should be i'm excited this should be this should be really good okay uh the first one i want to talk about is uh cloney if um i said you're being a nib nose what does that mean a dummy <laughs> that's uh actually i'm Not gonna ask hard. guido do you know what being a nib nose is i don't i don't think that must be a that must be a ohio valley area nib nose nib nose nosy i would imagine yes, it's something being who's nosy. nosy yes if you are a nib nose you're nibbing you are being nosy yeah. i've heard you're nibbing you're nibbing yeah to me it sounds ridiculous but i would just say you're being nosy <laughs> but a nib nose is nib nose. Uh, is something you hear uh this one i know guido will know uh a buggy cloney what is a buggy like a car well, it, it can be a car. Uh, in this, no, not in the state of West Virginia. It's not a car. Any other guesses? Car or baby carriage? I, I don't know. Uh, shopping no, cart. No, not a baby carriage. It's shopping a shopping cart. It's like when you. Jeez. Yes. When you go to the grocery store, you're gonna get the buggy. Go get the buggy. Cloney, a sweeper. If I said, "Hey, go get the sweeper for me," what am I talking about? I guess it's not a broom. Is it a broom? <laughs> it is not a broom. It's not the uh, last defender in your soccer. It's not the last defender on your soccer field. Uh. <laughs> 
I have no idea. The the sweeper, of course, is the vacuum, Cloney. The vacuum. It's the vacuum. You got to go sweep the no floor. No one calls it a vacuum down here. It's the sweeper. Go get the sweeper. Yeah, you got to go sweep the floor. Yeah. You get the vacuum out and sweep the floor. <laughs> That's absolutely a good one. If I said, uh, hey, I've got a sucker for you. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what what is a sucker? Is, would that be a lollipop? That is a lollipop. That is correct. That ding, is ding, a ding. lollipop. Good job. Um, for whatever reason, though, they only refer to the lollipop. At least this is according to my wife. The lollipop is that big flat one, like you see on the Wizard of Oz. That is the only thing that's considered a lollipop amongst West Virginia. Yeah, that is correct. That is everything that is else a lollipop is like if you got a uh, Tootsie yeah. Roll pop. That's that is not a that's lollipop. A that's a sucker. Dum dums. Those are suckers. Uh, Cloney, if I said, hey, uh, that is cattywampus, what does that mean? If something is cattywampus? Uh, it's just bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) Things aren't going as planned, maybe? If something is cattywampus, it's crooked. Yep. Something that that might be crooked. (laughs) Not straight. Yeah, not straight. Cattywampus, like the picture hanging on the wall is cattywampus. Offskew, that picture is cattywampus. Uh, ramps are you familiar with ramps i know what a ramp is yes what is a ramp like for a car ramp <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> you might uh you might eat these ramps yes this is a edible an, ed- an edible uh a squirrel <laughs> it's not a squirrel <laughs> a ramp a ramp is a uh it's like a native onion yeah. uh, a lot of times they grow wild it's a wild it's yeah. a wild onion yeah oh yeah that makes sense i'm sure people do grow them on their own but uh, they have a real pugnant smell, like crazy yes. smell. Like you can tell somebody's been yeah. messing with them. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> How about a holler? Uh, what you do with the ladies? <laughs> no, <laughs> Hollering no, at them? No. no. Holler at them? No. Uh, I have no idea. A holler, Guido? Tell them what a holler is. It's an area. It's an area of land. Usually, you might know it as a valley. Yeah, or a you know, hollow. Kind of between two mountains or two hills down the holler. Yeah, down in the holler. What If I'm talking about a spell, what does that relate to? <laughs> These are also good, by the way. Is that like something where like you've gone crazy for a bit, a little bit of spell? Well, well you're, you're I mean, close. It could be. Yes, you're close. Yeah. Uh, it's an amount of time, right? So a spell. Yeah, it's a measurement. It's a time. It's a measurement of time. Yeah. So I'm going to go down like, there for a spell. I'll be there in a spell. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, how about a peck? Peck. I got to get West Virginia Duolingo for my trip down there. You do. You need like a Rosetta Stone or something. <laughs> uh, how about a peck? Like a kiss? Ah, uh, you would think a kiss. It's actually an amount. It's an amount. All right. Well, listen. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back with a segment that we let Scooty go out on the internet and find something. And it surprises us generally. It's a segment we call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. (laughs) 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Cloney filling in this week for Johnson. And listen, don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's sort of the hub for everything. You can go there. You can find our show notes, things that we talked about, even things we didn't talk about, and pretty much hilarious links this week to tweets that were about how poor West Virginia played and how nobody trusts the climb right now. Uh, and also a link to our merch site where you can buy uh, a plethora of Got Your Ears On paraphernalia, including including the Pullover Guy t-shirts, which right now are for sale. $4 per t-shirt goes to the Bob Huggins Fish Fry to support the Norma Ray Huggins Foundation. So definitely check that out. You can also listen to the show right there on the website. Check it out, gotyourearson.com. Scooty, this week we let you back out on the internet. We let you find something that made us laugh. Well, we at least hope makes us laugh. It's a little segment we call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Okay, fellas. Um, this is a story that uh, is coming to us from New York City. Um, New York City? And it City? happened this past week. But before I get into it, I want to say, uh, have you guys ever found yourself to be in trouble? Maybe when you were a kid, maybe you did something you shouldn't have done. I mean, I'm sure at some point you've you've done that. I mean, that's like a correct? weekly occurrence for Cloney, right? Like current Cloney is in trouble like pretty much every week. All the time. All the time. So, <laughs> uh, did you have a place that you would go if you were in trouble to avoid being in trouble? Like to hide like as a kid, like you hide out yeah. like under yeah. your covers, under your bed, maybe, maybe in, under your covers, maybe in the woods. Bed. In the treehouse, in the woods, build? maybe your closet or something. Okay, I don't know. Well, uh, there's a, a gentleman named Rudy Thomas who was 44 Rudy. years old, and uh, he had been in trouble. Um, he was threatening um, to, I guess, he was threatening his mother with violence, and he had an okay. outstanding warrant for hitting his girlfriend. So some might call him a ne'er do well. What did he? What did he? What did he not do well? Uh, he he ne'er does well. Yes, he he's he ne'er. <laughs> okay. So and Johnson loves that. So that was for Johnson. So um, anyway, when the police arrived, instead of having a conversation with the police or denying all of these things, Rudy took it upon himself to go onto the roof of his house and then onto a tree that was in his yard, and he climbed all the way to the top of the tree, while. <laughs> Uh, he was trying like to avoid cat. the police. Yes, kind He's of like, like a, a cat. cat running away from the police. And uh, one would think, okay, kind of strange. How about he was up there for three days? <laughs> he was in the tree. I mean, for three days, your cat, your cat gets caught in a, caught in a tree, Cloney, and you call the fire department. And they come like a like within a day, right? Like this guy's up there three days. Three days. They couldn't hit him with a dart like a bear. Uh, NYPD. <laughs> Had a dart. <laughs> NYPD uh, had flown drones. They had sirens going off. They tried all these different tactics to try to get him to come down out of the tree. Um, so he spent three days. He apparently was yelling that he has a lawsuit against NYPD, the uh, Rikers Island, the DOC. Um, and according to neighbors, he's done this before. Climbed the tree. And, and hung out for multiple days. This is a thing he does. This is what Rudy. Rudy is like the guy. He's like in your neighborhood. He's like, oh, don't make Rudy mad. He's gonna climb a He'll tree. He'll be in that days. tree for a couple days. Oh, it's just Rudy up there. Are they gonna put like the pigeon spikes on the tree next time? <laughs> they, uh, yeah, like a spike strip. Yes. Yeah, they they didn't want to cut the tree down. He eventually, well, and here's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm not a 
hostage negotiator. But I would think, you know what? And I, I am somewhat of a hostage negotiator in the sense that I, I do work in the public school system. But um, I would think, hey, you know what? Rudy's getting a lot of attention right now. What if we just kind of backed off, went away? Maybe Rudy will come down out of the tree and then we'll get him. So eventually that's what actually I think helped lead to get them, to get him. And it was uh, kind of a big story, though, this past week in New York City. Um, so, yeah, three days in a tree. They actually, people, were, like neighbors were like sending him blankets and they sent him some food. If, if you have a few minutes, you got to go check out. Like I'm at WLNY, uh, the CBS channel for New York City. There's video and pictures of Rudy in a tree. And he's like waving at the camera. He's all set up up there. He's got like blankets. He climbs. He's uh, he, it's an interesting fella right there. He he enjoys his time in a tree. Yeah, it's um, according to the story I read, that when nature called, he would just pee down from his branch. Oh jeez. Uh, when it was time to go to sleep, he put cotton in his ears. I mean, Scoot, could you sleep in a tree? I uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm anti bugs. So, and I know bugs live in trees, so that would be a problem. Scoot, would you sleep in a tent? Have you? I would sleep in a tent. Yeah, a tent? I could sleep in a tent. I, I, um, I have actually gone uh, tent camping with Cloney and some others, but uh, Cloney was a part of some tent camping. That had to be a pretty big tent. Uh, we were not in the same. I don't think we were in the same tent. I don't. I don't recall how the tent arrangements were, <laughs> but. Uh, well, we weren't like snuggling. We no, we were not snuggling in the tent. It was not like a two man tent. It was like uh, if it would have, it was like a big tent. All right, All I right. can handle I the camping. I can't handle like I'm like. Does, do you think Rudy wanted a treehouse growing up, and this was the best thing he could get? Like this is the closest thing he could get to a treehouse. Well, and what's funny is, is if you look at the pictures, the tree that he's in, it's got like electric wires running right by and uh, yeah, all around him not, i mean it's it's brooklyn it's not like he's in a tree like out in the middle of the woods somewhere it's brooklyn yeah, right there's like three trees on that street just kind of an interesting story that i found on the internet that uh spending three days in a tree three days in a tree it might have been nice i mean we've all got to go to work tomorrow he he's gonna hang out in a tree for a couple of days so you never know well guys we should probably wrap it up this week cloney Thank you so much for filling in for Johnson. I know he's appreciative of it. Oh, yeah. Anytime. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot about West Virginia lingo. Yeah, you come down. I want you I want you to use all of those terms in one setting. That's your challenge. Yes, absolutely. Just <laughs> take me into, like, a restaurant to order something off the menu and go through the list. <laughs> yes, just go through the list. Well, guys, listen, we play TCU in two weeks in Fort Worth. We'll be back next week with another show on our off week, so don't worry. We'll talk about TCU coming up. We'll see what's happened in the week that has been while we're off from uh, from uh, losing. And maybe we'll get back on the road to winning. Who knows? But uh, check us out online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Look for us at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us online on our website. Just check out GotYourEarsOn.com. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.